Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. We are in the month of February and we are, this is the first dig a bit for this month. I've been writing next year's study and so I've been kind of focused over there, but we're going to get these four dig a bits in for this month. Anyway, I wanted us to begin in the book of Job. If you want to be turning to the book of Job, and that is one of the first places that we go in the study for this month. I found a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today. I'll, I'll probably make them into two digabits, but we're looking at the first of Job's, you know, I want to call them comforters, but it's hard for me to call them comforters because what they are is really critics of Job, and they're kind of tough on Job, but I wanted us to look at comforter number one, who is Eliphaz, the Temanite. And these men, you'll remember, there was something good about them. They came and they sat down for seven days with Job and just didn't talk. They just sat there with them. And, you know, I know that you've already heard this, but there's a lot we can learn from that. We sometimes need to just go to those who are grieving, those who are hurting, those who are suffering loss, and just don't say anything. Just be there for them. And that's what they did for the first little while that they were there and maybe that's what they should have continued to do because the more they opened their mouths the more discouraging they became to Job. I want us to first look in Job chapter 5 verses 20 through 27 right at the the end of that chapter and I wanted us to talk about the fact that these men came to sit down with Job and to encourage him but they were discouraging with their words I wanted us to look at verse 20, well, 19, when Eliphaz says to Job, He shall deliver you in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. Well, he's, he's trying to say what kinds of troubles God will deliver Job from. And as we look at that, we know that the number seven means complete. And sometimes we have... Um, there are three, yay, four. We studied that recently. And sometimes we have, um, there are six things that God hates, yay, seven. We read that um, and we know that what that means is that he's showing us the big sphere, the complete circle of the things that God hates. So here we have a completion of God's deliverance. And I know that Eliphaz was not necessarily inspired because the things that he wrote the things that he spoke to Job were not true. So we have the Holy Spirit's recording, which is correct, which is complete. But we have him recording the false words of men. And that happens over and over and over in the Bible. It's just that in Job, these uh, critiques of Job are longer passages. And so sometimes we look at those verses and we quote them as if they're from God. And this really is the Holy Spirit, though, quoting fallible man. So we can't take truth from from these speeches made by Bildad and Eliphaz, etc. We can't take those speeches and just say what they said is absolute truth because that's not the case. The Holy Spirit is quoting them and the, he is correctly quoting them, but he is quoting fallible men. And he is quoting the mistakes they made in what they said to try to encourage Job. And they weren't encouraging 
in many cases at all. So I wanted to read what Eliphaz said in verses 19 and following. He will deliver you in six troubles. Yes, in seven, there shall no evil touch you. In famine, he shall redeem you from death. And in war, from the power of the sword, you shall be hid from the scourge of the tongue. Neither shall you be afraid of destruction when it comes. At destruction and famine, you will laugh. Neither will you be afraid of the beast of the earth. For you will be in league with the stones of the field, and the beast of the field shall be at peace with you. And you shall know that your tabernacle or your tent is in peace. And you will visit your fold, and you will not sin. You shall miss nothing. Thou shalt know also that your seed will be great, and your offspring will be as the grass of the earth. You will come to your grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn comes in his season. This we have searched it, and so it is. Hear it, and know it for your good. I just want to point out here uh, one thing from this text, and that is that even though we know that not everything Eliphaz says is true, we can understand that he listed here six or seven kinds of evil that come upon men. And he said, you'll get through these things. I just want to say that when we look at these and we look at famine and war and destruction and the tearing of men by beast and the destruction that comes to homes when they are not at peace, we look at all those things. And right in the middle of those things, we have something called the scourge of the tongue. The scourge of the tongue. Those are some pretty bad things that happen to people. Wars, destruction, the tearing by beasts, the um, famine. We see some very bad things that happen to people sometimes here on this earth, and particularly people in the day of Job. But... Right in the middle of these things is recognized, even by these fallible men, that one of the hardest things that men deal with is the scourge of the tongue. What people say to and about them when they're facing difficult times. I just think that that's very interesting. And it aligns, of course, with the book of James. If you want to turn over to the book of James... This month, we're talking about comfort in tribulations, and I think it is helpful for us to realize that what people are saying to us and about us is a very destructive and difficult kind of tribulation and persecution. Let's just go ahead and say that so that we will sort of be expecting that to come in our lifetimes if we're living for God. People are not going to always be kind in what they say about us, especially when we're facing difficult times. Sometimes people who are in sin and are part of the difficulty that we face would like to blame us, talk badly about us, disrespect our uh, sincere affection for God say that we are self-righteous, say that we are hypocrites, and those things hurt. They hurt us deeply. And we're going to see where Job's friends called him a hypocrite. I just want to say, though, 
that we should expect that. All who live godly lives in Christ Jesus, Paul said to Timothy, will be persecuted. And a big part of that persecution, biblically speaking, comes from the, as the book of Job calls it, the scorching by the tongue. People can scorch us with their tongues. So James says it this way, and he says it in almost every chapter of James. In James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures trials, for when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to all those who love him. So we're in a context here in the book of James about suffering, about trials that come with us and in our lives for Christ. And then we look in verse 19, Wherefore, or you know this, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So speaking and wrath there goes together, and God is advising us as his people to be very careful about what we say. Well, why, James? Why are you saying this? Well, we look in chapter 2, and we say, well, sometimes we can speak unkindly to people who are non-Christians who come into our midst, verse 3, and we can say, you sit here in a good place. Or you can say to the poor person, you stand over here or sit here under my footstool. Sometimes our words are the obstacle that may keep people away from Christ. Sometimes, though, our words, verse chapter 3, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold how great a matter or how much wood a little fire can burn. And the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity, so is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the wheel of nature and is set on fire of hell. Every kind of beast, birds, serpents, things in the sea is tamed and has been tamed of mankind. Remember in the book of Job, he says destructive beasts are something that we need to watch out for. But the tongue, James says, verse 8, can no man tame. It's a restless evil and it's full of deadly poison therewith bless we God even the Lord and Father and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God out of the same mouth is proceeding blessing and cursing these things ought not so to be does the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter can the fig tree my brethren bear olive berries either of vine figs so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh now I know that there are some people who are listening today who have been trying their best to serve the Lord, who have been humble in that service to the Lord, who have been in the Word and constantly in prayer, trying to get through difficult times serving the Lord. And someone else will be very vocal about how um, posting things maybe or writing things about how they can easily identify Christians or how they are purposefully living for Christ and they will talk about perhaps their own humility and then they will mock they will scorch with their tongues 
they will call hypocrites or proclaim as judgmental those who really are trying to seek the Lord, who are in His Word, who are doing their best like Job was through difficult times to hang on and to serve God. We need to be really careful that we don't use our tongues to discourage those people who really are trying to be faithful to God. I believe that as we go on through the book of James, we can, we can see this uh, borne out several times. Verse 11 of chapter 4, Don't speak evil one of another, brethren. He who speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. Then we go on through the rest of the book, and we see that rather than talking about our brethren when we don't know fully their hearts, now, I know that we can look at certain lives and we can see blatant sin in those lives while the profession is to follow Christ. And in those cases, we are not judging with self-righteous judgment. We are not judging where we are unwilling to keep the law of God, as Matthew 7 speaks about. But we are looking at fruit. And I understand that all of us can sometimes see sin in the lives of people who are loudly proclaiming to be followers of Christ. And it is our responsibility to meekly and humbly go to those people who are in sin, Galatians 6, and and attempt to do our best to restore those people back to Christ. But there are also those cases where we look at people around us and we can obviously see that they are they are making an effort to follow Christ and to to be what God wants them to be and they are going through difficult times like Job was and in those cases let's not be Eliphaz let's not be Bildad let's let's be people who encourage who say how can I help you who do what James says and guard the tongues from becoming that world of iniquity and setting on fire the course of hell. This wisdom that's void of, this is verses 14 and 15 of James 3, this wisdom that's void of envying and strife-mongering, this wisdom is what comes from above. The wisdom that is pure, verse 17, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of those who make peace. Again, when we go back to the book of Job and we see his friend Eliphaz first beginning to talk, he says, there are seven things from which God will deliver you. And one of those is the scorch of the tongue. But then Eliphaz and his two friends go ahead and scorch Job with their tongue. They go ahead and talk about how this is all your fault, Job. 
and some of the things that they say we'll point out in the next dig a bit. But I just think it very interesting that the scorching of the tongue is right there with all of the extreme forms of trial that we go through in this lifetime. And I believe that it is rightly placed in those. It hurts when people uh, use their tongues to mock, to scorch us as we're going through difficult times. I'm going to close with Psalm 1. And I think that we are have or are studying that in this lesson. But when we look at Psalm 1, it starts with blessed, approved of God, is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. Those who, the scornful are those who scorch with their tongues those people who would be walking in the ways of the Lord the people who mock at God's way and at those people who are walking in it let's be careful that we realize that one of the greatest pains right up there with famine and destruction and hunger and um, tearing by beasts all of all of those things that are would be amazing difficult trials in our lives right there in the midst of that is being scorched by the tongue let's be very careful about our words if the tongue is a fire that can consume much wood then we want to be careful that we aren't the ones who begin that scorching that hot destruction that can come from the tongue I hope that this has been helpful. I'm trying to make this practical as we look at Job and his friends. I just, um, again, I think it is very, well, when, you know, when the poet said there are seven things that God hates, one of those had to do with the tongue too, a lying tongue. God hates. The tongue is hurtful and it's right up there with the greatest forms of trial that men go through in this lifetime. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you will help us to guard the most volatile part of us, our tongues, because you've told us, Father, that we can get it all under control. But if we can't control our tongues, we never will be able to control our whole bodies. But he that can control his tongue can control all of him, all of her. Father, that's what we want to do. We want to, to have self-control, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Help us, Father, to control our words and help us to realize that the destruction that can come from them is mighty, that it is right up there, pain-wise. It's right up there with the most destructive forces that are in the world around us. Help us to realize the hurt that we can cause with our tongues and help us to use our tongues to encourage faithful people around us and help us as diggers to encourage each other with our tongues and with the written word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.